This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing, making people's lives better. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. It can be one of the most wrenching moments in a Zoomer's life. When someone has to stop driving, it's a life-changing event and many complained the rules were arbitrary and unfair. This week, the Ontario government announced sweeping changes to the Seniors Drivers License Renewal Program. And CARP's VP of Advocacy, Susan Eng, will talk us through the new tests. Plus, with Valentine's Day coming up, the woman who put cougars on the dating map is back with tips for Zoomers. I'll chat with Valerie Gibson about The Later Dater, a guide for the newly single woman over 50. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Despite the horrific fire that killed over 20 seniors just last week, the Quebec government is going forward with relaxed safety rules governing night supervision in certain nursing homes. Small private homes with less than 50 residents will no longer be required to hire specially trained night attendants to care for their residents. Night attendants will only be required to have basic first aid and cardiopulmonary resuscitation training. In addition, these new rules will allow a resident, not a staff member, to do surveillance at night. U.S. health experts say the pain reliever found in a leave may be safer for the heart than other popular anti-inflammatory drugs taken by millions of people. A Food and Drug Administration review states that naproxen, the key ingredient in a leave, may have a lower risk of heart attack and stroke than rival medications like ibuprofen sold as Advil and Motrin. FDA staffers have recommended relabeling naproxen to emphasize its safety. Health Canada often follows suit following recommendations by the FDA. A study out of Britain backs the idea that companies should be hiring older workers. A survey of more than 2,000 adults by the Nationwide Building Society showed that workers over the age of 55 were less likely to take sick leave or be absent because of a hangover. Almost half of workers over the age of 55 had not taken any sick leave in the past year, while most people in that age group usually arrived early to work. The study also found that older employees had no problems staying up to date with the technology used by their younger colleagues. Centenarian Lucille Paco was an inspiration to us all. Born into a wealthy and prominent Canadian family in 1907, she grew up with luxuries many of us can only dream of. But she suffered a reversal of fortune when her family lost everything during the Depression. Her response was to become a working member of the middle class. After retirement, she was a 30-year volunteer at the Montreal General Hospital, 
working there until the age of 102. At 103, she turned heads by being the matron of honor at a same-sex marriage, stating that meaningful relationships are difficult to sustain and they deserve support. Paco spent her final days at Montreal's Fulford House, where she organized bridge games until she passed away recently at the extraordinary age of 106. I'm Libby Snymer. Those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Draw a large circle, put all the numbers in it to make it look like the face of a clock, and draw the hands of the clock to show 10 minutes after 11. That's one of the questions in the new test for Ontario drivers over 80. It comes after many complaints that the previous system for renewing licenses for this cohort was discriminatory and insulting. It affects a lot of people. In this province alone, there are 550,000 Zoomers over 80, and half of them are drivers. CARP played a role in getting the new rules in place, and I sat down with Susan Eng. Well, we were always concerned that drivers felt they were being treated uh, badly, that they were being discriminated against, that the system was set up to take their license away from them. You had to renew your license every two years, an eye test and a driving record review. But then you went through this this process, uh, three hours sometimes it took, this re-education process <laughs> where you did a written road test again, a written driver's test again and talked about the rules of the road. And when you went through this as an older driver, you thought, you know, this is not testing my ability to drive and it's somewhat insulting. And what are they really testing? Are they watching to see if my hands shake or what? So when we met with the minister, we said, you know, there's a need to have people test it fairly on their ability to drive using an objective test that has science behind it. How is uh, drawing a circle on a piece of paper and then drawing a clock to show 10 minutes after 11, how does that highlight your ability to drive? Well, for you and me, it seems very simple. But apparently, and according to the experts who who, uh, developed this test and the other one that they have, that it actually is a good indicator of your cognitive function. Even if you do fail that, then they put you through a driving test. And that's that's important because in the past, the option of asking for a road test uh, was not really made available to you. And that still remains the gold standard for testing. It's not automatic that you get a road test, but I think the attitude has changed so that they're more likely to let you uh, have the road test than before. Before, we also got complaints from our members that they weren't allowed to have the road test to show that they could drive. So their licenses would be taken away without even a road test? Well, in the cases in BC and Alberta, yes. This is the fine balance between making sure that people keep the license, their independence, and so on, uh, while at the same time ensuring that everybody is safe on the road. Also this week, Susan was named to a panel of experts headed by former Prime Minister Paul Martin that will advise Queen's Park on a made-in-Ontario pension plan. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Valentine's Day is quickly approaching. Need a date? You'll want to hear what my next guest has to say. Valerie Gibson will join us to talk about the post-50 dating scene in just a minute. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing, making people's lives better. 
She coined the term cougar and told the world it was okay for older women to pursue younger men. In that context, older meant women, usually newly single, in their late 30s and 40s. Now, sex and relationship expert Valerie Gibson is back with tips tailored for Zoomers, the people she calls later daters. I found as I grew along and got older that um, there was another group of women, uh, which I was part, that um, were in the same boat in a way. Their self-esteem was very low. They're hitting 50, 60 and above. They're single. And um, they're saying, oh, that's it. You know, that's the end of the line. And I'm saying, no, 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 just a minute. It isn't for me. And uh, I found that most of them that I talked to were afraid. They, they were kind of scared. Oh, no, I can't do that. and can't get out there. I don't understand now. It's a long time since I did. You know, all the excuses. Yeah, but isn't it, isn't it true that if, even if you're a, an extremely attractive and you know, successful woman, 50s, 60s, 70s, that that a man your age is probably going to be dating somebody quite a bit younger. Yes, quite a lot of them are. You're quite right. But quite a lot of them are not. And in fact, funnily enough, um, when I was in England and when you go to Europe, you'll find that the men, single men of that age group want to date same age. And it's very much a North American thing to date much younger. But to have a woman who's intelligent and interesting and same age, been through the same experiences, having the same concerns about aging and sharing that kind of world is very beneficial. One thing that stops women, uh, generally in our generation, we dated men who are a little older. And now when you look at somebody who is older, uh, you're thinking, pretty soon uh, he might want me to be his caregiver. Yes, I, I actually mentioned that in the book because that is a consideration. It's a consideration, by the way, Libby, that a lot of young women don't think about when they're dating someone much older. Um, well, exactly. You know? <laughs> so, you know, there, there is that, that factor. Um, I feel that's a shame to go into a relationship or if you meet somebody you really, really like thinking negatively about the future because, uh, to be honest, honest, the future is shorter. When you're 50, 60, and 70, it's not quite as long as when you're 25, is it, or 30. So it's best to go into it with an upbeat, positive attitude, I feel. And I think that's what I've tried to tell women, that, you know, it may be a new social trend for women to do this at this age, but there are many positives in it. Now, if you look at people who lose their partners, Mm -hmm. the men... Uh, the better the relationship was, the faster they're going to get into another relationship. And That's women, uh, completely the opposite. They they said, I'm going to be on my own. Why is that? I think men, yes, they always marry quickly if they've had a happy marriage. Uh, even if they've had a happy relationship and it broke up, they still want to get married and have someone in their life. Now, women, when they get to 50, 60, and 70, often say, whoa, this is great. <laughs> and I, I'm one of them. Being single for the first time in your life, in your adult life, is amazing. It can be. Yes, it can be a little bit lonely for some who aren't used to it, but being single means you have an enormous list of options. You can do whatever you want to. Um, You may not want to be tied down and strictly with one person. Dating is the answer because you can go out and date whoever you want, how many you want, as often as you want. Um, And a lot of women enjoy that. Some of them don't want partners. They don't want to do it again. They don't want to get into a relationship. That's just fine. 
But for a lot of women I've met that say, you know, hmm, it would be lovely to have someone to go places with, someone to have a hug and a cuddle with. You know, other women say someone to have great sex would be nice, you know. <laughs> so there's all sorts of reasons people uh, want to have someone in their life. And loneliness, I think, is quite lowish on the, on the priority list. What do you say to people that I know lots of people, fabulous women, I think they're fabulous women, who just don't know how to go about it? Well, the answer is that it's not easy. I, I have to say that, and that's why I wrote the book, so that you can at least learn um, how to start, how to start, get yourself together. And, and in fact, and a lot of women may not like this, but you have to market yourself. It's almost like going out for a job nowadays. It's exceedingly competitive because there's a lot of women for any able-bodied, healthy, active man out there of 50, 60, and 70. There's a lot of women for them. And people said to me, just to make you smile, Libby, <laughs> that why didn't you write this for men as well? And I said, well, to be honest, they can be short, fat, and hairy, and they just have to turn up. <laughs> you know, as long as they're single and available, that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Isn't most of it happening online these days? Yes, actually. The biggest growing um, area of demographic of people uh, getting online are the 50-plus. There's no question. But I am very careful to make cautions about this because the online dating is full of misrepresentation. It's absolutely chock-a-block. And I know well, the photos I'm... being the most obvious <laughs> yes, part. Yes, yes. But I know I'm going to get chastised for this, but it's men that do most of the lying. And the women lie about their weight, generally speaking, and their age. Men lie about everything. So the point is to be realistic. You're not going to find George Clooney, but you may find a very nice man, similar age, whatever age group you're looking in. Um, if you work at it and find out somebody who shares your interests, shares your hobbies maybe, shares what you want from life. Let's talk about money for a bit. Do women want to date uh, men who have a lower economic level? Um, a lot of women who have a high economic level do not want to. And I have met a great number of women in high economic level who are alone because they will not adjust any kind of uh, idea that they could date somebody on a lower economic level. Now, I think that's sad because there are a lot of very decent guys that may not be very rich or even rich or even terribly well off, but they are really nice. They may have had lifestyle circumstances that meant that they are in this situation. Let's face it, a lot of us have gone through hellish divorces and it's cost us, and, and I include myself in that, a fortune <laughs> to get through them. I've had a number of them. It's, it's a question of making up your mind, whether this person fits not your list, please, of how he has to be president of the company, how he has to be tall and handsome, how he has to be rich, how he has to be beautifully dressed, how he has to be this, that kind, you know, uh, loving, you know, uh, ditch that list. Just enjoy it and be happy and uh, enjoy life. Okay. Valerie Gibson, thanks. Thank you, Libby. The Later Dater is available online at ValerieGibson.com. I'm Libby Zneimer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. This machine surrounds hate and forces it to surrender. Those are the words folk singer Pete Seeger wrote across his banjo. He passed away this week at the age of 94, but leaves an incredible musical legacy. We'll learn more after the break. 
You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing, making people's lives better. Welcome back to the Zoomer Weekend Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. It's time for your international arts date book. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. In New York City, it is the story of Bruce Lee's journey from young dancer to martial arts star. Lee Silverman directs this play by David Henry Huang called Kung Fu. It's in previews at the Pershing Square Signature Center. Even if you don't know Israeli artist Hanukh Piven's name, you've likely enjoyed his caricatures of political and entertainment figures over the past 20 years in publications such as Time, Newsweek, and Rolling Stone. The Whimsical World of Hanukh Piven is an exhibition at the Jewish Community Center of San Francisco. It opens this weekend and runs through April 30th. To London, England, where Downton Abbey fans are flocking to Trafalgar Studios 2 Theatre. The Only Way is Downton is a spoof where the popular TV period's characters call upon modern celebrities during a crisis. And in Japan, see the opulence of Imari, Japanese porcelain for European palaces, at Tokyo Suntory Museum of Art. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Datebook. To everything, turn, 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 there is a season. Turn, 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 and a time to every purpose under heaven. This week, the legendary folk singer and activist Pete Seeger passed away at the age of 94. He came from musical royalty. His father was a renowned musicologist, his mother a modernist composer. He dropped out of Harvard to immerse himself in the American folk song. The workers on the SB line for strikes are out of call But Casey Jones, the engineer, he wouldn't strike at all His boiler, it was leaking, and the driver's on the bump And the engines and the bear, and they were all out of plumb In the early 40s, Seeger was a founding member of the Almanac Singers, an openly leftist group that also featured Woody Guthrie and came under FBI scrutiny towards the end of World War II. In the 50s, he created another group, the Weavers, which scored a number one hit, with Good Night, Irene. Then came McCarthyism, and the Weavers were investigated for sedition. Seeger was called to testify before the House Un-American Activities Committee. Repeatedly pressed to reveal whether he had sung for communists, Seeger responded sharply, I love my country very dearly, and I greatly resent this implication some of the places that I have sung and some of the people that I have known and some of my opinions, whether they are religious or philosophical, make me any less of an American. He was indicted for contempt of Congress, convicted in 1961 and sentenced to 10 years in prison. But one year later, an appeals court overturned his conviction. By the early 60s, Seeger was front and center in yet another folk revival and some of his songs became touchstones of the movement. He remained a social activist into his later years. Here's a clip from a presentation he gave at the 2006 Idea City Conference. I'm convinced that if there's a world here in a hundred years, it will be tens of millions of little things, little organizations that will save it. The powers that be are so, have so much money they can destroy any one thing they want. A big organization, a big media, 
big political movement, big unions. They can corrupt it from the inside. They can co-opt it and mislead it. They say, oh, you're doing wonderful. Let us help you carry the ball. And then they carry it in a different direction. But what are they going to do about 100 million little things? <laughs> they break up one of them and two more like them spring up. Right now, we'll hear the protest anthem that wasn't actually written by Seeger, but has become his signature song. He's credited with spreading it all around the world in many different languages. We shall overcome. We shall overcome. We shall overcome. We shall overcome. Pete Seeger with We Shall Overcome. He passed away this week at the age of 94. And that brings us to the end of another edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Please come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Knight. Produced by Paul Thomas. Program director, John Bendry. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.